right, everybody. We're uh, two days later in your feed, but we just finished wrapping up the episode you hopefully heard on Tuesday with Carrie. If you haven't heard it already, go back and listen. We're about to talk about it with all the spoilers you can imagine. Because the first spoiler is our astrologers have big smiles on their faces. <laughs> they were successful and they're here to talk about why. But first, first, Sarah, I guess you were talking to our guest, Carrie, about some similarities that you have with her in the realm of human design. Can you speak to that? Yeah, I was I was like I a lot of our um I was going to say clients, a lot of our guests have come from this one Facebook post I made. I made them in several different groups. So eventually we'll get to some actors and models, but everybody is coming from this human design astrology group. And a lot of them have eighth house sons, which I think is hilarious and makes sense. You know, all of us into and, and like I have an eighth house son and Jacqueline has an eighth house son <laughs> and people who have eighth house sons, they they usually are really drawn to topics like astrology and human design mm -hmm. and mysteries and figuring out, asking the bigger questions mm -hmm. and things. So it is pretty funny that, um, yeah, a lot of the astrologers on the show and a lot of guests on the show are <laughs> showing up with eighth mm -hmm. house sons. So um, but yeah, um, I was I was curious about that because usually um when i pull these charts now that we scott provides we we do the same time same location we just change the birthday that way you know because when we started i didn't get any of the birth details and that was driving me crazy because i couldn't really look mm -hmm. at transits i couldn't look at their human design and now i can look at the human design which is just, if you don't know what human design is, it's another like self-knowledge system um, adjacent to astrology. And I noticed that um, Carrie is an extremely rare type called a reflector. Um, I 1% of the population. And um, mm -hmm. so Carrie, um, you seem to know that you're a reflector. What was, what was, how did you feel when you found out about that? Did it make sense to you? It did. Um, I know this is going to sound a little odd, but, you know, I guess growing up, I always felt kind of like there was something special about me. And then it's like, once I saw that I was part of that 1%, it just kind of clicked. And then um, knowing that, like, I am very open and I'm all and I'm very gullible as well. Um, kind of it, it just make it makes sense to me. Um and then it's like, as I do a deeper dive into it, um, it's just revealing so much more about me. And it's, it's wild how accurate it, it just, it just feels and how much it resonates with me. Yeah. My understanding of a reflector is their purpose is here. They're here to be like a barometer and they, they're completely open chakra wise. So they really take in other people's energy and reflect it back to them. Mm -hmm. And that can be, you know, a really, you know, a gift, but it, it, it's also can be a very maybe toxic situation for you if you're around the wrong kind of people. And so when you were talking about, you know, um, some stuff with your father and, um, and just kind of your, general sense of kind of feeling unsure of like who you are and trying to figure out who you are and your purpose. Like that kind of spoke to reflector to me because they're really here to kind of reflect back the other and, um, and 
you know, you mentioned veganism. That's a big reflector thing <laughs> as well. I'm not, I, you know, I, I'm always like, is this cheating for me to like kind of use the human design stuff? But I, I mean, we'll, we'll get into your chart as well. But I just wanted to mention that because I, I, I honestly, I think you're the first reflector I've ever actually met or spoken to. And I think it's really cool. Oh. And um, so I'll lo- I'd love to chat with you later about that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> But anyway, this is an astrology show, so we can get back back into the <laughs> astrology of it. Um, so, Jacqueline, what sold you on? Was there one thing that sold you the most? Um, the most. Um, I think it was actually um a lot of little things. Um, but um, when I asked about the date, um. I think it was a 2013 date. Um, I had yeah. several down here that I wanted to ask, but for the sake of time, I, I had to choose one. Um, and during that time, um, not only was there the transit of, um, there was like um, her Saturn returns and Venus was retrograding over her moon in the fourth house. And lo and behold, um, she's moving out on her own the first time. You know, I, I thought that was pretty significant. The other thing was um, she, she's got a really powerful Venus. And I think it was demonstrated in um, art. I mean, she's very, obviously very artsy and creative. And um, that's a ninth house Venus conjunct the North Node, which is like steroids to any planet. Um, and the ninth house is spirituality and truth seeking and things of that nature. And that's a pretty, and it's an air sign. So her fingers are, have been in a lot of different pies regarding, um, art and spirituality. And the last thing I think was, um, that Pluto conjunct the ascendant. Um, that's a lot of powerful, um, brings a lot of powerful change over and over and over throughout your life and also power struggles around your identity because your 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 ascendant is your angle of you it's the youest part of the whole chart and i could hear that there were struggles power struggles growing up around who i am and who you want me to be and i thought that was definitely demonstrative in the first house pluto <clears throat> yeah you know in people with eighth house sons the, the theme of like transformation is like huge for them but not only that she also has pluto which also represents that right on her ascendant which is a very sensitive Mm -hmm. point in the chart so regeneration is Mm -hmm. huge for carrie and carrie Mm -hmm. i think what sold it for me now carrie have you seen your chart are you familiar how familiar are you with your astrology uh, somewhat i mean i'm still kind of a beginner when it comes to astrology but i i look at it a bunch Okay. So, you know, you're like big three and all that. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, what I thought was fascinating, what kind of sold it for me is when you said you were interested in regenerative agriculture, because I thought that was a, an ex, like a very on the nose specific manifestation of having an eighth house son in Taurus because yeah. eighth house is regeneration and Taurus ruling agriculture. So I thought that was brilliant. Hmm. <laughs> The other thing that was interesting were was were the moons because we said at the beginning um, you have a, a Capricorn moon now it's in the fourth house which gives it strength but Capricorn is the sign of detriment for the moon 
whereas the other chart was a Scorpio moon, which is a sign of fall. And so it's two kind of hard places for the moon, but in very different ways. But like a Scorpio moon, are they're overwhelmed all the time, and they're, they know what they need. It's just they're swimming in, in need a lot of the time. But you also said that you have, and this is almost textbook, you said, I, I have trouble sometimes identifying my needs and identifying the emotion. I know I have feelings, but uh, uh, a moon in fall, which is a Scorpio, is, is different from a moon in Capricorn, which absolutely textbook has a little, a, a very healthy moon or a very strong moon knows exactly what they need and they know how to express this is what I need. A moon in Capricorn either can identify the needs or it might be like, I'm not a person who needs, I don't need that. I'm not a needer, but definitely has a, uh, isn't really great at saying this is the need that I have and here's how we can, we can fill it. So that was a, that was another big clue. Yeah. And just by contrast, like I do, I have the moon in Scorpio and I feel like, I feel like I do understand my emotions, but I feel them so intensely and I, it's very mm-hmm. hard for me to like talk about them in the moment. <laughs> like, cause I've just, mm-hmm. um, if I even Blooded. start, yeah, I'm just like over my systems overloaded and I can talk mm-hmm. about it and understand them in hindsight, but, um, and a lot of intensity and, um, maybe having difficulty of letting go of things. Mm-hmm. But, um, anyway, it's, it's, you know, they get bad raps, but they're not, they're not bad. You know, no, any of these no, placements. Not. Yeah. <laughs> I do recommend a lot of water for you though. I do recommend you drink a lot of water, spend time in water, um, spend time by water, um, and, and really nourish that moon as much as you possibly can. So, cause it's in a good place. It's in a nice strong house. So it, it's active and it's doing its job, but, um, I definitely recommend water, um, white foods, things like that being near it yeah and I I think that the you looking for your purpose um I feel like you're on the right track with like the healing the energy healing guiding people Mm -hmm. the veganism I think and exploring your spirituality I think if you just continue to you know look into those things I think you're going to connect with it you know but Mm -hmm. for reflectors it definitely takes a lot longer for them to you know if you know anything, if you've read anything about it, the the main thing is that they have to base their decisions on the lunar cycles and they have to wait 28 days to make Uh a decision, (laughs) which I can't even imagine. It's a long process. That's for sure. (laughs) You know, but also um, like speaking of like what you're saying about her life path and with the spirituality, I mean, your chart ruler is Venus. And it's located in the ninth house of spirituality, esotericism, um, certain types of healing. Um, I, I would probably put that in the sixth, but the ninth house is definitely um, a very spiritual place. The Hellenistic astrologers called it the house of God and, and you know, where the soul is. And um, wherever your chart ruler is, is supposed to be really significant about your life path. So, um, be be um, heartened that what you're feeling inside yourself that I'm, I'm destined to do something spiritually for the world um, is it, definitely reflected in your chart and that Venus is strong. 
And it's with the North Node, like you were pointing out, which is also yeah, just it's, a it's no- on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reason I'm like obsessing over it right now. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's, it's definitely it's, it's it's a humdinger of a Venus, um, and and it's in that um, Gemini. Um, Gemini is a uh, the ninth house is not only the place of higher learning, but Gemini is a sign that loves information and loves learning and loves learning new things and loves talking about it. So, oh, yes. Um, <laughs> it's a nice placement. That's a really nice ninth house. And it's a really nice place chart ruler, I think. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. We noticed that you didn't have like hardly any squares or <laughs> challenging yeah. um, placements in your chart, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of uh, the stellium maybe, but no squares at all. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, somebody somebody else told me that I had a very clean chart, which mm-hmm. is cool, but that didn't really mean too much to me. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, it's a definitely a matter of flow. You know, trines are definitely a matter, matter of flow. Um, I might be worried about you if it, not, if it were not for that eight house stellium that has um those planets because planets that are conjunct that can act like a soft or a hard aspect depending on the planet so you do have a little bit of um friction there that we need to facilitate any kind of growth you know Mm -hmm. like somebody with no problems and you know no um turmoil at all has a really hard time growing and so you do have that but in general the the chart just flows and there's no squares there's no um there's no um angst or like uh I don't know exactly the word that I need uh Sarah if you have a, a better word oh um like squares I mean, presenting like aggravation and challenge and you know yeah things like that um I mean it doesn't mean that your life is not going to have aggravation and challenge <laughs> right but like you You're know still human you know, yeah, yeah. Um, I also thought it was interesting that um, we we have a lot of interesting things in common, um, like just the photo retouching, and um, my father also um, is like a retired CPA and got into that, and and so the in your chart, the son represents a father, and the eighth house um, represents handling other people's money. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I just thought we both have that interestingly in common um so just another another clue that led us um in that direction of uh the realtor which the realtor i know you're not a realtor i just i picked that because um a taurus sun and cancer on the 10th house you know could be something to do with homes i don't know and then the moon yeah, and the, the ruler of the tenth being in the fourth house of home yeah in the yeah. Home. yeah but well, um, saturn also is um well in traditional astrology in um in hellenistic astrology saturn is also indicative of the father and you have it in the second house um which has to do with resources and finance and things of that nature but also that was another clue because saturn is also where we learn to practice responsibility so when you said that you are very responsible with your finances and having a day chart, Saturn is a little less um, destructive and more constructive, even if he's hard on you. Um, mm-hmm. But you seem to be 
be very disciplined in the area of your personal resources. So that was another clue that um, mm-hmm. that you were the realtor. Mm-hmm. Cool. Wonderful. All right. Well, did you have any questions for us? Or um... I don't think I do. I mean, it's all, I mean, what you're saying is things that I've kind of researched and what other people have told me and, and it's kind of right on par for, for everything, I guess. Okay, great. Well, um, well, Scott, (laughs) it's another one for team astrology. (laughs) Um, I haven't checked the record, but um it's trending in the right direction as far as i'm concerned i guess we're up to 55 percent now right see i feel i'm cherishing this moment where both sarah and myself are full of joy on this show <laughs> because there i was saying there will be streaks in either direction and the, mm-hmm. the until now they have been in the against sarah direction and we've got a nice streak in your favor right now and i'm five not jinxing i'm not jinxing row. it not jinxing <laughs> it at all keep it coming baby yeah exactly um so it should be expected in either direction but i'm glad that right now we are we're digging the results either way yeah and i i okay i did a little calculating because i was like how many more <laughs> do we have to go into to achieve an accuracy an astrologer accuracy of 80 percent we're gonna have to do we would have to get 17 more right in a row (laughs) in a row um you know so are we not expecting the astrologers to maintain 80 percent for a little bit or is it just like if you if you touch 80 percent Okay, Scott, if we get 17 right in a row, I, I'm yeah, just that's gonna, pretty wild. <laughs> like, that, that, that would be wild. But I mean, the, the idea being that you can get 80% accuracy with astrology should mean that overall it should be pretty consistently around 80%. Okay, now, but you don't, you don't be adding amendments. We just had to achieve it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I no achieve, amendment. If the skeptics achieved 29%, that's not what we're holding on to. We're holding on to where the average is and where we end up. Anyway, I'll be impressed with 17 in a row, no doubt. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Like, yeah, like if, if, um, you know, three episodes in, I was like, hey, I got 80%, you know, that wouldn't necessarily be fair. You'd want to maintain that. But, I mean, I was dragging down at like 28% accuracy. So this is really turning out to be a comeback story now. And I think I feel like when if the moment we hit 80%, I don't I don't think we have to maintain anything. I think we can just call it a day and start a new podcast. <laughs> well, once you once you hit 80%, you should be able to maintain 80%. It should be the same amount of like, it should be four right for every wrong, basically. Okay. Well, if you want a season two, we'll keep going. <laughs> I want to go on forever and ever. Right, we, get well, to meet, we get to meet fun people. We get to meet fun guest do. astrologers and guests. And, um, and I definitely want to thank both of them for being amazing on this episode. Uh, we'll have you. to have some sort of big reunion shows where we bring all the guest astrologers. <laughs> oh, please. And I all the that. guests. 
<laughs> I would I love, love that. that. That'd be fun. That would be awesome. <laughs> but um yeah, thank you so much, Jacqueline. Um your That's contact right. info will be in the in the show notes. Yes, and please. Carrie does not want anyone to be tracking her down. She's <laughs> working on her own stuff. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. But if any at any point you do, let us know and we'll add it to the show notes. Okay, cool. Thank you. And Sarah is very findable. Sarah and Scott are both findable every Tuesday in your podcast feed. Or at astrodetectivespod.com or on Instagram. Please follow us. Like and subscribe to everything (laughs) that we do. Yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for being, uh, for listening to us talk for this amount of time. I love it. Thank you just... for your thank you for your time, uh, Carrie, and thank you for um, being such an open and self aware person. I love to read for people like you. Um, it, it 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 was really fun. I really appreciate how open you are and willing to share your self awareness. That was incredible. Thank you. Thank you, and I, I enjoyed being on this, and it was it was definitely something fun to do. It was great. I'm, I... I'm glad. Not just, we shouldn't be the only ones having fun. The guests should have fun too. (laughs) The listeners, I'm so happy are having fun as well. And we're going to keep on rolling on into week 23. Um, So we'll see you all then, everybody. Bye.